Welcome back to Ratchet and Wrench Radio, strategies and inspiration for auto care success. I'm your host, Chris Jones, and today I'm joined by Rachel Spencer of Spencer's Auto in Crum, Texas. If you recall, Rachel was one of our runner-ups for the 2023 Ratchet and Wrench All-Star Award, plus she spoke at the Ratchet and Wrench Management Conference this year. Today, Rachel's going to talk about how she became a shop owner, how she even got involved in the industry, how growing up impoverished has helped her develop a mindset of abundance and how that has become the why in her business uh, that drives her to excel when it just seemed like the business wasn't getting where it needed to be. Uh, Rachel has such an inspiring life story. It's going to definitely tug at your heart, so be ready. Um, Here's Rachel. Hey, Rachel. Welcome to Ratchet and Wrench Radio. Hi, Chris. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you today. Uh, great to have you on. Uh, you know, and as some of our guests may know, you, know, you were one of our speakers at the Ratchet and Wrench Management Conference. You know, talk about what that was like for you. You were, you know, a first time speaker. You know, what did that mean to you? And did you have fun with it? Oh, I had a blast. It was so great um, getting up there with so many others that are well known throughout this industry and have been mentors for me and been such an inspiration to me and helping me grow our business, what it is today. I really enjoyed it. I was a nervous wreck, not going to lie about that. It was a little scary getting up there in front of everybody and um, just talking about um, our journey. Yeah. And I think one of the cool things about you is you're someone uh, who takes the initiative. I remember last year at Sorry, at the end of the Dallas conference, I received an email that was sent to me from you. And it was like, you know, I'm Rachel Spencer and I've come to these conferences and I really just want to be a part of the industry and help out any way I can. And I saw that and I was like, man, we've got to find a place for her. I think it'd be just great to have her involved somewhere. And we all talked about it and then, you know, gave you the opportunity to share. And it's like, you know, I, I, I love that that level of initiative that you have. And it seems like that's the kind of person that you are. You're always wanting to be out in front. You want to share, you want to really help forward, you know, bring the industry forward. Yeah, because that's truly what it's about. I mean, we all are in the people business and I want to raise the bar for this industry and I want to be able to help other shop owners grow and prosper as much as we have. Um, You know, we're we're all there to help each other Um, and without each other, um, honestly, I would be, we would be not be where we are today, um, without the help of so many others in this industry. Yeah. So let's go back to the beginning. Like, tell us how you got involved in the auto care industry. So I joined my husband, um, in the shop in about 2006. Um, my brother actually worked for him. Um, he started the day my husband opened the shop. Um, and then 2006, um, my brother actually went on maternity leave with his wife and my husband had asked me to come up here and help answer the phones that day. I knew nothing about this industry whatsoever. I knew nothing about, um, cars. I just knew that I had a passion for people. Um, but he asked me to come up here and help answer the phones and I haven't left since. Um, so I never thought that I would be doing this. I had always been in um, customer service or sales positions. I was the key account specialist for the city of Denton for several years, handling their top 100 utility accounts. I've done sales for waste management and various other types of sales jobs, but I've never been in the automotive industry. But he had asked me to come up here and help answer the phones. Um, I had no idea what I was doing. Um but I learned. Um, I taught myself up until probably five years ago. I had never even heard another service advisor. So um, everything that we've learned um, over the years has really been through trial and error. Um, it's 
putting your feet in the fire and, and learning, Hey, that was a little too hot. We can take our feet out and try something else. Um, we've, we've learned, we've grown. Um, I love this. I love the business. I love being able to help people. I love my staff. Um, and that's what it's truly about for me is being able to take care of people. Our philosophy has always been, if you take care of people, the rest will take care of itself. Um, so that's, what has helped us build our business in this small community is that our philosophy has always been that we'll put people ahead of money. Yeah. As someone who was an industry outsider, you know, there are lots of service advisors who may listen who are from the outside coming in and maybe they're just getting started like, you know, you did, you know, years ago. Uh, what was that learning curve like for you? Of course, you had the customer service background, so you understood people, you understood the nuance of dealing with people. But what else did you have to add to your learning to really round yourself out and really take the position by the horns? I don't think it's necessarily about knowing about cars per se. You know, granted over the years um, of me doing this, I have learned about cars, um, but I wouldn't say that that has helped me greatly. It's just being able to have empathy for people and knowing um, what their plans are for their car long-term and just being able to help them and, and navigate them through Um, this experience and act as a liaison and as an advisor for them and let them know that we're, we're here to help them. Cause I think, you know, our industry does unfortunately have um, a bad rap that we just try and upsell people and we try and do this, but you know, if we establish that early on that we're, we're here to help them and we want to make sure that we come up with a plan for them that's detailed just for them um, to make sure that their vehicle is safe and reliable long-term, then we build that relationship up front and they, they come to get to know us and they want to keep coming back here um, because they're they're comfortable with us. All right. Talk about your road to ownership. So you, you come in as an advisor, you're answering the phones, you know, don't expect to stay, but then you end up staying for the long term and then you become the owner. Talk, walk us from, you know, when you became an advisor to when you became the owner and how that all transpired. Yeah, absolutely. So I, like I said, I had come into the picture in about 06, um, didn't know a whole lot about the industry when I came in. Um, we were in some rough spots, a lot like many shop owners. And when we came into it, I think there was $9 in our business checking account. Um, we'd gone through some some bad times um, as far as the IRS. And we really dug ourselves out of those trenches. And um, it, it was hard, not going to lie about that. Um, it was living paycheck to paycheck and making sure that we were being able to pay our bills and take care of our staff at the time. But um, over time, we just we were able to learn and grow. Um, then, probably about 2018, um, the story changed. Um, we had been running about forty to fifty thousand dollars a month, and we couldn't seem to get over this hump of about five hundred thousand dollars per year. Um, and I came in, I believe it was about July of 2018, and I sold seventy thousand dollars. I was like, wow. Um, this is amazing. We need some more of this. I think, you know, that was the time where we, we were able to see that it was it was worth it having the business, the, pro- the profit was there. We felt good um, because it, at that point it was like we felt like we were hostage to our own business that uh, constantly coming in every day. Um, we did we didn't enjoy coming here. It was living paycheck to paycheck. It was, you know, feeling like our employees got more benefits than we did. And we questioned why, why did we even open a business to begin with? Why do we keep doing this to ourselves? 
Um, but when we had that $70,000 month, it was like, wow, this feels really good. Um, how, how do we do this some more? Um, and that, that next couple months, we had gone to a Napa conference and we met another shop owner there. Um, and he, he was just spectacular. Um, I had told him, yeah, I went in and had the $70,000 month. And, and we didn't know he was probably about 10 or 15 miles from us. Um, told him I'd had that $70,000 month and he's just my biggest cheerleader. And he said, oh my gosh, that's great. I had no idea the how big a shop he had and how much he was selling, but he was still just a, a cheerleader for me. He was saying, you know, you might want to look into this Facebook group. And um, I ended up looking into it later on. Um, there was a whole lot of other shop owners in this Facebook group and everyone was talking. I'm like, holy, wow, this is um, a whole lot of information. There's a whole lot of other shop owners out there. There are a whole lot of people in positions like we are, a whole lot of wisdom out there that just never knew that it was out there. Um, so I joined um, that Facebook group and I kind of lurked in the background for a while. And then we decided to... Um, take a leap and talk about coaching. So we ended up joining a coaching company, um, went to our first conference in October of 2018. And that was really what um, set the fire um, for me. Um, I just, I went and I met a lot of amazing shop owners. I learned a lot, a lot of stuff I didn't know. I had no idea what ARO was and your average tech quote and your KPIs I had no idea about any of that. Well, we didn't even have workers' comp insurance at the time because we didn't have that many employees. So you don't know what you don't know. Um, but at that conference, we decided to take back control. We decided that we weren't going to be a hostage to our business anymore. We weren't going to be a hostage to our employees and that we were going to turn this business around, that our business, even though we're in a small town of 5,000, um, that it had lots of potential. We could do it, but we needed to make some changes. Um, so I made a, a commitment to myself that I was going to stick with this because at that point, right before that had happened, we were ready to sell. We were burned out. We were tired. We had not been taking vacations regularly. We had not been taking care of ourselves. Our children were suffering because anytime they were sick, they were here at the shop with us. Um, this business was our life at, the, at that point. Um, we, there were, we didn't have a life outside of this business. It controlled us. It consumed us. Um, so we decided to turn that around. I had made um, a goal um, that year in 2018 that the next year that we would turn this into a million dollar shop. Um, so from 2018 to 2019, that is what we did. We went um, from about 550000 to $1.1 million the next year. So we grew the business almost 158% in gross sales. Um, a lot of people will say how you did that. A whole lot of blood, <laughs> sweat, and tears is how we did that. Not going to lie. It was stressful. It was hard. Um, but nothing is as hard as being stuck as where you are right then. Um, change doesn't happen without change. And we knew if we wanted a positive change in our life that we were going to have to put in the hard work. Um, and there was going to be some things that we had to change. But but we did get there. Um, we we had a major turnover in our staff. Um, we had all new staff that we brought in. Um, we ended up hiring a service advisor. I left the front counter um, after a couple months because our sales were increasing. We'd implemented a lot of um, things such as DBIs, 
We started doing those digital inspections. Um, we started doing marketing. Um, what I can tell people is you've got to be consistent with your marketing. You have to do it every single month. You've got to make sure that you've got um, follow up with your customers and you're making sure that they're completely satisfied with their services. Um, and just making sure that you're consistent with the, your processes. Um, that was probably the biggest thing for us is making sure that we had processes in place um, and making sure that we closed that expectation gap with our staff, that they knew what to expect every single day as far as being able to do their jobs. Uh, because without that, every it, it's complete chaos. Um, and that's what we had experienced com- before is there was so much chaos going on and we've got to be able to control that chaos. Um, we can, we can manage our own destiny by, by controlling that chaos, but it's like a game of chess every day and you got to be able to move those correct pieces. Um, but without that coaching, I don't know where we would be today. Um, I kind of use the analogy. That's kind of like trying to drive a car without a steering wheel, but that is what's got us where we are today. The business continues to grow. Um, I, just hired my second advisor um, about three months ago. So I have now fully backed away from my front counter and I'm just in the owner roles now. So now I'm just making sure all those checks and balances are in place. Um, I tell my staff all the time, consistency beats intensity. That if we take care of the process, the rest will take care of itself. Kind of like if we take care of people, the rest will take care of itself. So, and when I say that, as far as taking care of people, I don't mean that just our customers. We've got to take care of our staff. We've got to take care of our vendors. We want anybody that comes through our door to be a forever part of our family here at Spencer's Auto Repair. Ooh, that is quite the story. <laughs> it's a lot. It is. I mean, you've overcome so much. And you, I mean, and I think when you had that kind of aha moment, you know, um, in 2018, it seems like things just like took off for you. So talk to me about that a little bit. You said, I guess the conference was the conference was the catalyst. What was it about the conference that made you stop and think, I've really got to fix some processes. I got to fix some procedures. I got to get this shop moving in the right direction. Well, I mean, one, just knowing that we weren't alone, um, you know, when you're, you're going through trials and tribulations, that there are other people out there that have probably been through what you're going through and that there are other shop owners out there that want to help you get through whatever you may be going through, that they want to help you, that they tr- there are people out there that want to help you learn and grow and that they're your friends and they want to see your business grow and they want to see you have a wonderful life. Um, so that, that was huge for us. Um, meeting, um, Reese Sutherland, that was huge. Um, she is a female powerhouse in this industry. Um, I met Ashley Sevatillo. Um, you know, she is going around buying up shops right now. She's, she's amazing. There are just a lot of amazing people that we met. Um, I've met Lucas Underwood and Atlantic Bruce. There are just so many people that I've met that have inspired us and shown us that the sky really is the limit. And if you put your mind to something, anything, you can achieve anything that you put your mind to. Yeah. Like, you know, going through all that prior to like, what, what kept you from quitting? My family. Um, I grew up, um, not super easy, had a really hard upbringing. Um, I mean, there were times growing up where we didn't have electricity that we were running an extension cord from our neighbor's house to ours, um, just so we could watch TV for an hour. Um, 
you know, I can look back on it today and my mom was on food stamps and I remember going to the grocery store late at night because we were so embarrassed that we didn't want anybody to know that we were on food stamps. So for me, I want so much more for my family. I don't want that kind of lifestyle um, where you have to wonder if you're going to have groceries or your lights are going to be on. Um, I have kids that I want to be a good role model for. I want to be a good role model and leader for my staff and people in my community to show them that the sky really is the limit, um, that you are in charge of your own destiny and it all depends on what you want to do, um, that there is no limit if you put in the hard work. So, you know, I hear a lot of people say, you know, oh, my life was hard or, you know, they're going through a hard time in the business. But the thing is, you can't give up. You've got to keep going. You've got to push through it and that there are people out there that will help you through it. Um, but you've got to get in the right mindset to be able to do that. Um, I've got a phrase, you've got to get the mind right to get the grind right. Um, so I love it. <laughs> all grit, no quit. Um, so that's been my major, my major thing. I lost my mom. Um, she was killed in a car accident when, um, I was 21 An 18 wheeler hit her head on. Um, another one flipped her around and it hit her from the side. Um, those have been pivotal moments in my life that have shaped me into who, what, what I am today. So when I look at hard times, whether it's in my personal life or in my business, I've already been through the, the hardest points in my life. So I'm not going to let anything stop me or get in my way. Um, I, I want to continue growing um, who I am and being the best version of me for myself and for my family, for my staff, and also our customers that we serve every day. Right on. Wow. That's, that's such a, that's a heart-wrenching story. But I love the fact that you know you stick it out. You don't quit. You know why you do what you do. And you persevere. I think that's, I mean... You've got to find your why. I mean, and I I spoke about this at the conference is when you're going through those hard times, you've got to reflect back on why do I do this every day? And the reason I do it is because of my family. I have a wonderful husband that supports me. I have three wonderful boys. They are my why, Um, my staff. Um, I want to show them. I remember when at one point um, there was one year and I told my staff this uh, probably a year or two ago that I'd pulled our W-2s out in a combination um, of what Jerry and I made. Um, and I showed it to him and I'm like, and on this, and it was, it was not a very big income, let me tell you, but we were making double house payments on that income. And it, you know, we were living paycheck to paycheck, but we had bought a new house and, you know, I tried to tell him, you know, it's all about what you want. This is America. This is the land of opportunity. If you want it, go get it. Cause nobody's going to give it to you. Yeah, right on. And speaking of the, the Mr. Wonderful Husband, you know, Jerry was uh, such a great guy. I enjoyed meeting him uh, out in Colorado. <laughs> uh, talk to me about, you know, how you ended up running the shop because it was his prior to, like, you know, like you said, when you came in, it was his shop. How did you become the owner? And, you know, where, what's Jerry up to these days? Now, Jerry will tell you that I fired him, but I did not fire him. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry stepped out of the business about five years ago. Um, he is enjoying retirement now. Um, he will come up here anytime that we need help as far as a car is concerned. And he helps me through a lot of situations here as far as guidance and advice. Um, you know, he was doing this long before I was. Um, but we are just enjoying life um, together. I will say that um, 
our relationship has probably been better than it has ever been. Um, we just have a really strong bond together and he truly is my rock and my biggest cheerleader in my day to day. As far as this business and life, I couldn't do it without him. Right on. So let's go, let's go back to, you know, post-conference, I guess during the conference, you talked about um, the need for coaching because you didn't understand AROs. You didn't understand a lot of the, the things that you needed to effectively run your business. So talk to me about getting coached and why that was a good decision for you and where, what it taught you. Well, it just taught me uh, as far as, you know, those key indicators, as far as far as tracking everything, um, you have to inspect what you expect. And at that point, we didn't really know what to expect. We didn't know what this shop was capable of. We didn't know about setting um, monthly sales goals or um, what our GP should be or what our, you know, we knew our technicians should be producing, you know, as many hours as they were here and their efficiency and everything. Um, but we just, we had no idea um, as far as those key indicators there, as far as the ARO and technician average quote and um, all of those things, or even looking at a PNL. I, I mean, I honestly didn't even figure out how to read my PNL up until a couple of years ago. Well, I knew, you know, we were basing our, you know, our income off what was in our checking account. Um, and that's not a, a good way to run the business there. So now knowing, you know, our parts should be this much and our labor should be this month. And at the end of the month, hopefully you come up with 15 to 20% gross profit in the, the end of your account. But those are just numbers that we didn't know. Um, we didn't know that we should be holding um, people accountable to those numbers and setting those expectations for them. Um, we didn't know when we started doing marketing what kind of return we should be getting off those marketing numbers. Um, there's there's just so much information out there. Um, you just don't know what you don't know. Um, and we didn't know a whole lot. And I don't still think I know a whole lot. You know, that's it was super it was a pivotal moment for me to be asked to speak at the conference because I'm like, I can't get up there and teach other shop owners. I don't know everything yet. So um, people have often asked me like, why don't, why don't you coach or why don't you, cause I don't know it all yet. I'm not ready to do that. It's, it's still scary for me. I don't claim to know it all. Yeah. No, nah, but you know, your story. And I think that's the biggest thing, you know, I think, um, people are drawn to story. They want to hit that relatability cord. Like you talked about with Ashley and you talked about with, with Bruce and some of the people that you met that relatability, like that really resonates with people. And I think that you've got that it factor where, your story does, it does touch people. It does resonate with people, given all that you've done to get your shop to where it is today. Yeah, because you, what you, I mean, you just don't know. I mean, we didn't know um, that there were other shop owners out there. I mean, we would never have thought in a small town um, of 5,000 that, I mean, I think this year we're on track to run 1.75 million. I mean, we continue to grow every single year, um, but I would have never suspected um, that we would be able to grow the shop to what it is today. And our thermostat keeps changing. So, you know, every time we hit a record goal, it's like, okay, well, what more can we do? You know, what can we do to keep making this better? What can we, um, how can we make the experience better for our customers? How can we make the lives of our employees better? What, what can we do? So we're, we're constantly looking at ways um, that we can grow ourselves and our business as well. 
Yeah. And something that, uh, you know, I've learned about you is that you're super thoughtful. That was something that came across in some of the interviews that I've had with some of your people talking to them. And, you know, where does that come from? They, they, they talk about like, you know, how you pick the kids up from school or you'll leave gifts for for customers or you'll find ways to take them out or you ship steaks to them. Like, wh- like where does that thoughtfulness come from and why is it so important for you to be, you know, thoughtful in that way to show your appreciation to people? one, I guess, because it's my love language that I love being able to receive stuff. So it's important for me to show that, you know, that's my way of showing love and appreciation to people is is doing those little things for them. Um, But also just to establish a good culture. Um, We want people to enjoy coming to work here every day. We want them to know that we're invested in them and we're invested in um, their careers and themselves personally and their families and we want to see them grow. But I think, you know, that's what makes us a family here at our shop is, you know, letting them know that we care. Um, It's putting those little notes on their cards, letting them know, hey, you know, you did something really awesome today and we really appreciate it. Or it's, you know, this year I did Easter baskets for each one of um, our staff that had kids. Um, It's just putting that little extra care into it so they know you know that they're part of the family here and you really do care about them that they're not just a number they're not um because like i said if you take care of people the rest will take care of itself so if i'm taking care of them they're taking care of me and they're taking care of our customers i I think it's like the circle of life um I, i just think it gets reciprocated yeah. All right. And then kind of in closing in summation, you know, we, we've got your story, which is phenomenal. And I, I want you to share, you know, a couple of lessons or a couple of, of tidbits of wisdom that you would give another shop owner who's maybe just starting off, who's getting getting their feet wet in shop ownership, and they really want to grow their business and do it right. What would you advise them to do? Don't give up. Don't let the hard days win because there's going to be a lot of hard days. Even when you think that you have it all figured out, you won't. Um, Make sure that you hold people accountable. Uh, and most of all, hold yourself accountable. Set yourself those goals. And even if you don't achieve them by the when you want to achieve them, keep going because you can't give up. Um, consistency beats that intensity. And we just have to have faith in ourselves. Um, make sure you've got that grit, but also give yourself a lot of grace. Make sure that you take time for yourself too. That um, Don't let the business run you. You've got to take ownership and and run that business um, and just, and just take care of you. Cause if you, if you don't take care of you, you can't take care of the business and you can't take care of your staff and your customers as well. So make sure that you, that you focus on you first and take care of you um, that you invest in yourself as much as you're investing in your staff. I know a lot of people talk about training um, as far as your staff goes and buying the right equipment, but if you don't take care of you and you don't invest in yourself as far as the training or surrounding yourself with like-minded individuals that want to help you grow, um, then you're kind of left in the dust. So um, use what's out there and read up. And if you're not learning, you're not growing. So always be investing in yourself and don't let the hard days win. Awesome. Thank you so much, Rachel, for your time today. Thank you. Yep. And we'll talk again soon. Thanks, Chris. Have a great day. And that's going to do it for us here today at Ratchet & Wrench Radio. I'd like to invite you to follow us on our social media channels on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, as well as subscribe to our email newsletter, which goes out daily. Uh, And you can find that at ratchetandwrench.com. That's R-A-T-C-H-E-T-A-N-D-W-R-E-N-C-H.com. And may the rest of your day be the best of your day. And we'll see you next week.